Let the church say amen. amen. Let's hear for these children once again. Now, we've been trying to, uh, to sort of rush through, um, but yet maintain um, integrity of service. Uh, so, um, I hope you don't mind that we didn't do the fellowship time. But why don't you just reach over to your neighbor and shake hands, say you love them and, and that you're glad they're here this morning and all that stuff. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Don't want you sitting next to strangers. If you see somebody you haven't seen, uh, you ought to give them a double shake. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, Tom, I didn't say do all that, Doc. <laughs> yeah, we, we got, we, we're on a, a schedule. Uh, and I am exhausted from these past few months of all this planning and arranging and saying the same things over and over and over again. <laughs> you know, uh, We did all that planning so that I could get, I think I got five minutes this afternoon. Five minutes. I'm going to preach anyway. <laughs> no, I have, I have what you call a residential prerogative. <laughs> they could keep doing all that all they want. I got something to say. And so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, um, Acts chapter 31, uh, 20, 21, Acts chapter 21. Um, I don't want, you're getting some feedback. I don't, I don't want the screeching. Acts chapter 21. Uh, verse 27, I'm going to read much of this to put it in context, uh, and I, I, I have to apologize because I'm, I'm going to read much of this to put it in context, but I'm only going to touch it in the preached word, uh, so at least you have a context for which I'm, I'm going. All right. You have to allow me, because this is Black History Month, and so um, you have to you have to allow me opportunity to sort of do my catharsis, uh, and this is a moment of catharsis for me. So just just bear with me on this. And if you feel like you want to jump on the train, jump on while it's moving, because uh, it's going to move. I'm gonna just let you know it's going to move. Um, verse 27, uh, Acts 21:27. When the seven days were nearly over, some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul at the temple. They stirred up the crowd and seized him, shouting, fellow Israelites, help us. This is the man who teaches everyone everywhere against our people and our law and this place. And besides, he has brought Greeks into the temple and defiled this holy place. They had previously seen Trophimus and the Ephesian in the city with Paul and assumed that Paul had brought him into the temple. The whole city was aroused, and the people came running from all directions, seizing Paul. They dragged him from the temple, and immediately the gates were shut. 
while they were trying to kill him, news reached the commander of the Roman troops that the whole city of Jerusalem was in an uproar. He at once took some officers and soldiers and ran down to the crowd. When the rioters saw, uh, saw the commander and his soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. The commander came up and arrested him and ordered him to be bound with two chains. Then he asked who he was uh, and what he had done. Some in the crowd shouted one thing and some another. And since the commander could not get at the truth because of the uproar, he ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. When Paul reached the steps, the violence of the mob was so great, he had to be carried by the soldiers. The crowd that followed kept shouting, get rid of him. As the soldiers were about to take Paul into the barracks, he asked the commander, may I say something to you? Do you speak Greek? He replied, aren't you the black man? Aren't you the Egyptian who started the revolt and led 4,000 terrorists out into the wilderness some time ago? Paul answered, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a city of no ordinary city. I mean, a citizen of no ordinary city. Please let me speak to the people. After receiving the commander's permission, Paul stood on the steps and motioned to the crowd. When they were all silent, he said to them in Aramaic, brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense. Ah, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord shall stand forever. Christ's name, amen. When they see us, when they see us. Like it or not, black folk in this country have historically been placed in a position where we're constantly having to fight against what people think about us, which is normally not good. And what is true about us is not often not told or talked about. Society has attached to us stigma and stereotypes that remain with us sometime throughout our entire lives. For example, when they see one of our 25-year-old white brothers, school bus drivers who admits to raping a 14-year-old girl who simply gets a $1,000 fine, 10 years probation, and become a regular registered sex offender, but no jail time because the judge didn't see him as a risk to do the crime again. But when they see us sitting at Starbucks waiting for our friends, we are arrested. When they see a bunch of white brothers celebrating their college team wins and they begin to tear up the local city, it's just boys being boys. But when they see us at a barbecue in a park, the police are called because we are too loud and rambunctious and out of order. When they see hockey players fighting and brutally beating each other and punching one another while the crowd cheers, this is all part of the game. But when they see us pushing and shoving, playing basketball where there are no punches that are thrown, we are either out of order or the whole game needs to be cleaned up. When they see us at the Ivy League school uh, computer lab or in the library, they believe we're trespassing because certainly a black man can't be in an Ivy League school studying. But, but when they see us walking into upscale apartments, we, we have to be breaking in because there's no possible way we can live there. The reality uh, for black folk is we're dealing with an America uh, that does not see us the way other people are supposed to see us. 
Every day we have to wake up and face a day without, without uh, knowing if we're going to make it back home because of we may become a victim of some kind of violence just because of the color of our skin because the way people see us is often the way that people treat us. I've said it before and I say it again. Ralph Ellison writes in the first paragraph of the first page of, of his book that I am an invisible man. No, I am not a spook like those that haunt Edgar Allan Poe, nor am I one of those Hollywood movie ectoplasms. I am a man of substance, of flesh and bone, fiber and liquids. I am invisible, understand, simply because people refuse to see me like the, bo like, like, like the bodiless heads that you see sometimes in circus side shows. It is as though I have been been surrounded by mirrors of hard distorted glass when they approach me they see only my surroundings them they themselves are figments of their imagination indeed they see everything and anything except for me what do they see when they see us instead of giving black folk their due now folk turn around and say we don't see no color now we claim that we live in a colorblind society they say we're all just human beings that's true but if they don't see us, then they don't see that I'm black. They really don't see me. If they don't see the color of my skin, they really don't see me. If they don't see that my nose is different, they really don't see me. If they don't see that our, our, our women have hips from side to side, they really don't see us. They don't, they, they don't see our firm thighs and our men's th uh, uh, legs, the, the kink in our hair, the broadness of our shoulders, the width of our nose, and the fullness of our lips. And marvel at how God made us. They really don't see us. Because truth of the matter is, uh, then you don't you don't really have to know me to see me. If you don't see me, then you can't appreciate my struggle. If you don't see me, you, you don't know my issues. If you don't see me, you don't know my hurts and my fears and my discomfort in a country where justice is not only denied, it is trivialized. Justice carries a scale, and that scale uh, weighs our do's and our don'ts, our wills and our wants. On that scale, God also weighs what we have done. But the most important thing they say about justice is, justice is supposed to be blind. And because justice is supposed to be blind, she is to, supposed to not be a respecter of a person's skin tone, financial means, or nationality. Because justice is supposed to be blind, she is not supposed to, to see what type of clothes we wear, whether it's a hoodie or a Brooks Brothers suit, because justice is supposed to be blind. She is not supposed to see what kind of house we live in, whether it's a high-rise condo, a split-level brick, or a shotgun shack in the woods. Because when they see us, the, ne the necessary and appointed betrayer of the five young boys convicted of rape and beating Someone in Central Park in New York City in 1989 came to the screen last year. And it hoisted Ava DuVernay to social prominence. It came at a time of urgency in our nation where justice, who claims to be blind, has somehow regained her sight. It's a retelling of a tragic event of five children, not five adults, five children who are falsely arrested, accused and illegally abused by a system that saw them as criminal before a trial even took place. They had done no wrong, but fit the picture that was in the minds of society of a people who believe that when you are black, you are always guilty. 
Five boys, five children, five scarred minors. Corey Wise, 16 years old. Yusef Shalim, 15 years old. Raymond Santana, 14 years old. Antron McCray, 15 years old. Kevin Richardson, 14 years old, who are, idol who are ideologically and emotionally assaulted and abused by a criminal justice system. Five boys who reputations, who, who, who are questioned up to 14 hours without their parents or a lawyer present are told that if they sign here, they can go home and sleep in their beds. How could this happen? Well, the answer really is in the title of the film. When they see us, these boys were not boys in the minds of the prosecutor. These boys were, just, were not just boys in the minds of police department bent on pinning the blame on someone, anyone, just as long as it soothed the minds and calmed the fears of white folk. These boys were not just boys in the mind of the, of the New York Post uh, and not just boys in the minds of the New York Times. These boys were not just boys even to an unethical building developer but because of the color of their skin had been weaponized by a community and by a police department and by a prosecutor and by Lady Justice who is supposed to be blind. She may be blind, but surely she's not colorblind. Because when they see us, it doesn't really matter if we're guilty or not. Often we are viewed by the color of our skin and not by the content of our character. With no shred of physical evidence, no DNA, and even after an investigator could not come to a conclusion that these boys had committed any crime, still these five young boys are found guilty of a crime they didn't commit. The New York Post abused them, the New York Times abused them and did not speak up for them. The New York Police Department and the Office of the Prosecutor abused them. And to add to the abuse, an unethical developer by the name of Donald J. Trump took a full page ad in the New York Times and paid $85,000 so that he could tell the New York folk that these black boys should be tied to an electric chair and executed for a crime they did not commit. Well, I might as well go all the way there since, since I'm already there. Allow me to ask a question that seems to be there, but no one is asking. If when they saw these five young black boys tried, convicted, and sentenced for a crime they did not commit, if the New York Post, the New York Times, the New York Police Department, if the city's prosecutor's office abused them and did not speak up for them, if an unethical building developer took out an $85,000 full page ad calling for the death penalty of these five black boys who were innocent of crimes they were convicted of doing, and if Lady Justice is supposed to be blind all the time, then how does Lady Justice turn a blind eye to a man who was caught red-handed during a crime, tried, found convicted, and not sentenced for a crime he did commit? Well, 
If in the eyes of justice are blind, then her eyes must have been opened as days and weeks and even years of lies, unethical behavior, extortion, bribery, molestation, and unfair racist housing practices were being played out by a man who appears to be white and rich. If justice is blind, then what does she have to say about a man who never apologized for being wrong and still says that these boys are guilty even after a person comes and confesses to the crime? But you, sir, whether acquitted or not, there are scores and numbers of confessors who corroborate the crimes that you have done. If justice is blind, then where were those senators who saw a miscarriage of justice go down like it did for these innocent black boys? How come they didn't vote to acquit the innocent, but instead use their vote to acquit the guilty? How dare you claim Christian values when you see a crime, but fight to keep out the evidence and say that no crime has been committed is Lady Justice confused or is she cross-eyed? Is wrong now right and right now wrong? How dare you say that you love Jesus who you have not seen but hate your black and brown brothers and sisters who you see every day? How dare you get a good night's sleep? When blind, now seeing, Lady Justice is rendering out justice based on one's color, financial pedigree, or political party. Perhaps it's about money. Perhaps it's about power. Perhaps abortion. Perhaps it's about a, white, a right wing agenda. Perhaps it's about voting rights. Perhaps it's about cutting grants to the Department of Education. Perhaps it's about being allowed to drill in national parks. Perhaps it's about green gas, uh, uh, greenhouse gases. Perhaps it's about judges being assigned to the bench. Perhaps it's about the fear of a different people. Perhaps it's about walls. Perhaps it's because 10 years from now, this nation will look different than it does right now. But whatever the case, you can't tell me that justice is blind. When her eyes were wide open, as each stood up, even after being presented with a mountain of evidence on unethical, immoral obstruction and high crimes and misdemeanors, and cast their vote, freeing who should have been convicted. But I get it. Because you rich. Because you president. Because you a white man in America. Because you get got high price lawyers. Because you got people in your pocket. Because you can stall. Because you can claim executive privilege. Because you can stop persons from being called to testify. Because you can tell publishers not to print their book. Because you can hide your dirt. Acquittal is granted. What is justice looking at? 
Has she just closed her eyes or turned her head as five innocent black boys were allowed to be found guilty while the guilty go free? The Apostle Paul says, you see me and accuse me, not because I'm guilty of anything, but because my skin is black. Isn't that how they see us? When, when, when they see us, they don't see our humanity. They just see a problem that needs to be solved. Paul says, I might have done some stuff, but this, sir, I'm not guilty of. Because when you see me, you see us as a problem and not a person. When they see me, they, you, you don't see how God sees me. But God is not blind, nor does he have poor eyesight. God sees beyond our actions. God sees past our problems. God took an African people that had been dragged from their motherland and, to, and, and, and told to, to hush their singing and told to stop their songs and told not to beat on their drums or shout call at night. He took an African people who had been captured and chained and he took those who were seen as simple washerwomen who would come and wash dirty clothes and, and watch little bad white kids in the day. But at night, what they saw in the day time at night they, she will become the prayer warrior and the evangelist that called down thunder from heaven to get a word up to God but God took men who they saw as men walking around with their heads bowed down and saying yes sir boss and, and no sir boss by day but at night that they saw in the daytime this man at night will become the deacons and the spiritual warriors of the black church is there anybody here who sees me That may not be how they see us, but God sees us as fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm a child of the king, heirs and joint heirs with Christ. And because God sees me more than that the world sees me, when, when, when they won't see me, I don't have to look down at myself. Because when they, when they see me and look down at me, I look up at God. Because I've seen what the Lord can do. I've seen how he brought us out of shadow slavery. I've seen how he brought us from plantation sharecropping. I've seen how he helped us pick our heads up when they were bowed down. I've seen how he made a way out of nowhere. I've seen how he fight our battles. I've seen how he opened doors that were closed in our face. I've seen how he fixed those who were broken and bruised. I've seen what he can do. I've seen him give joy in the midst of sorrow. I've seen him to give us victory in times of chaos and struggle. I've seen him. I've seen what the Lord can do. And I just expect you don't have to see me, but the Lord sees me. And when he sees me, I may be down, but because he sees me, I get higher and higher and higher and, and higher and, and higher. Because the Lord will lift you up. Ah, place your feet on solid ground. Make your enemies your footstools. The Lord will do it. Didn't he do it?
Didn't he do it? Didn't he do it? Somebody shout yeah! Shout yeah! Yeah! Because when they see me, they can talk all they want to talk about me. But I'm a child of the king. Heirs and joint heirs with Christ. I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. God loved me so much that he even counted the hairs on my head. So that every time one falls, he distracts that. Every time another falls, he subtracts that. Every time he subtracts that. God loves me so much. You don't have to see me that the way God sees me, but he sees me as his child. I'm done, y'all. I got to say something. Come on, let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. The doors of the church are open, y'all. The doors of the church are open.